Tim Graham and Friends is brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. CTBK is a leading accounting firm with a growing team of accountants and business consultants with roots in Amherst, New York. CTBK pairs every project with a focus on a human connection between its team and the client for assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, and advice on mergers and acquisitions, CTBK is available and ready to solve any issue your business faces. For a consultation or to request a quote, call 716-630-2400. Again, that's 716-630-2400. CTBK, over a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond. That trumpet means only one thing. Gene Kirshner is back on Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. Gene, of course, is the horse racing reporter for the Buffalo News. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. We had a quick turnaround, as you always do, between the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, which is Saturday uh, at Pimlico in Baltimore. Uh, but uh, Medina Spirit has been dominating the headlines uh, since testing positive at the Kentucky Derby. Um, but before we get into that, uh, Gene Kirshner, um, what, uh, what was your takeaway from the Kentucky Derby, uh, I guess, r- without the positive tests that really took away a lot of the excitement and the thrill that a Bob Baffert horse that a lot of people did not expect uh, to do well. Um, and yet did and won the race, of course. Um, I guess let's stop there. Let, let's let, get your, your thoughts on the Kentucky Derby before the Medina spirit steroid test comes back positive. Well, it's pretty interesting, Tim, cause I, um, I actually uh, tweeted out on the way home. Um, at one of my rest, rest stops, you know, what I thought my day after thoughts over, you know, morning coffee. The first, the first point I tweeted was it's great to have fans back. You know, they had 52,000 people there. It was almost like we were back in a normal sporting event situation. And it was great just seeing all the faces and, you know, the pomp and circumstance that you get at the Derby. Um, you know, it was so weird last year in September, not having that, um, the undercard races that day were terrific. You know, the race before the Derby, there was a, there was a dead heat, which you don't, you know, often see in, in racing the race before that, there was just a horse that kind of was weaving in and out uh, Flagstaff who, uh, who won the uh, Churchill Downs, which was tre- tremendous. The fact that you could get an all-inclusive ticket. If you were a, a patron that day, you could uh, food and drink were, uh, were free. I went up to get a, a mint julep and handed a $20 bill over. And they said, what that, what's that for? And I was like, the drink. And they uh, came back and said, no, everything's free. And I said, boy, this, this could be a, a good thing for uh, major sporting events. If uh, you know, the kills the lines or whatever, but a bad thing for my column. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah the well, editors really give had, it a closer I, you know, look. I just, uh, I did, you know, I get it for the souvenir glass, obviously. And then my last thing, which was, which I think maybe you'll find interesting, I said, never leave Bob Baffert off your ticket, no matter how you feel about him. So, you know, kind of maybe foreseeing, not foreseeing, but to say, you know, 
he's got a bit, a bit of a checkered past uh, when it comes to drug positives and, you know, his horse, you know, was he was on some of my tickets, you know, in second and third, but, uh, you know, he cost me the trifecta, obviously, and uh, quite a, quite a bit of, of, of other bets, but, you know, I was with a, one of my, my colleagues on Thursday morning on the backside, and I usually visit his barn uh, to get his take on his horse or, or what have you. And I asked my colleague who had been there a couple of days before me, you know, what's Bob saying? Is he, uh, is he high on the horse? What's going on? He's like, nice. Been talking him down all week. And that typically means with him that he's not as high on his horse as he has where I've seen in the past, even with American Pharaoh or justify. And, you know, th that was the first leg of those races that he was extremely high on those horses and, and really thought, you know, he had something there and then i've i've talked to him in years where he's had a horse like medina spirit and he just he's he's just like yeah we're just happy to be in the race and you know it's great to be here my owners are really happy to be here and you know it's 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 you know always good if you can't you can't win unless you're in it so so i found it kind of interesting that my colleague said that and i was like all right let's go see john sadler you know because i was you know riding on rock your world and really like that horse and um so i didn't spend the time that i probably should have to to, to go over and hear what uh, what he had to say but it's been it's been nothing it's been it's, it hasn't been a quiet week that's for sure in horse racing uh, and uh, you know the thing is he he didn't have to go to the media or hold a, you know the press conference right away because until the split sample comes back you know the Kentucky uh, Racing Commission isn't they can't rule on it um, there's no disqualification. Um, and he didn't, he didn't have to do it, but I guess he wanted to control the narrative. I think that's where it came down to, where he wanted to get out in front of it. But know, did his, he? His words. Uh, and I think, I don't think he did a very good job of it, to be honest with you. And, yeah, you know, it's been, uh, it's been comical, um, which is unfortunate for the sport. Uh, because the, the positive test is bad enough as it is, but it seems as though Bob Baffert in the, uh, in the days since uh, Medina Spirit tested positive for the steroid, has just said some things to bring some ridicule, uh, I think, on his reputation and the sport. Uh, namely, um, he originally said that, uh, that a groom had uh, taken a whiz on some hay, uh, even though you know, that he, after taking some cough medicine and that Medina Spirit ate that hay. Uh, and then since Bob Baffert has come out and admitted that there was an ointment uh, that this uh, steroid was present in, but that it was prescribed by a a horse physician. Um, he's been saying some really tinfoil hat kind of things, uh, conspiracy theories, uh, cancel culture. He's mentioning, uh, he, uh, had a comment that I saw in a video that was posted at uh, the Louisville courier website in which he called it, uh, uh, an injustice to the horse. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe the, maybe Medina spirits getting ready to lawyer up. I don't know, but, uh, and then, uh, Bob Baffert also says, I do not feel safe to train. Um, so Gene, <clears throat> I kick it back to you. Uh, I guess did you, your thoughts just on that aspect of this before we get to Preakness and the fact that Medina spirit is still in the field and the favorite, how Bob Baffert has handled this. Uh, and how you think it could impact his legacy. Because people remember things like this. They, these are the things that catch into the average sports fan's brain, I think. Um, and 
I don't know. I, I just I think that, you know, 10 years from now, people are going to be maybe making fun of Bob Baffert for the things he said and not uh, necessarily remembering. And I'm again, I'm talking about the casual fan, uh, not. But how, how do you think this plays? Uh, how do you think well, it plays you know, out? He, he's the he's the face of racing. You know, if it was Todd Pletcher, would you guys know who Todd Pletcher is and, you know, what, what was going on? Well, he's Todd Pletcher's won 5,000 races. He's had two, two Derby winners and, you know, but he, the casual fan doesn't know who that is. Maybe for a split second when he wins it, you know, for the third time or something, you'd, you'd, you'd maybe recognize him. Um, but Bob's the face of the face of the sport. And, uh, you know, when, when you get out in front of something like this and start making excuses and, you know, first thing he came out within 72 hours, no way he treated, you know, he tested positive. Then he blames cancel culture, mysterious contamination. You know, people are out to get him, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. No, wait, we did give it to him. And you know, we didn't know we were giving it to him. So, you know, he, he's used the excuse or the contamination excuse before and has proven it in, in other horses or has at least put doubt in the racing commission's eyes. Um, you know, Justify, who won the Triple Crown, tested positive after he won the Santa Anita Derby of scopolamine, um, which is a, was a banned substance. And it never came out and it, until after the Triple Crown because the split sample that never came back in, you know, in time and you know, the attorneys got involved. And, he, and they eventually cleared it because it was contamination due to something called Jimson weed that got into the feed and the hay in the barn. And it also happened to some other horses and they were able to convince him, but he's used that excuse. And then last, just last year, the, uh, two of his horses, Charlatan, who was a, a, a three-year-old who won the Arkansas Derby, and Gamine, who was a, a filly, both tested positive for uh, lidocaine. And they blamed the patch that his assistant trainer had on his arm that, you know, somehow had this, this drug that got transferred to the horses somehow. And Arkansas, I guess, kind of just said okay and they they went through and he got he got past it and it was a fifteen hundred dollar fine therein lies the problem there's really no oversight wait fifteen hundred dollar fine uh, who is this That's tom it. wilson yeah yeah right uh the same type of thing but it, there's no regulatory body uh, each state has their own regulatory commission on the drugs and sets their own standards that's going to change in 2022. The Horse Racing Safety and Integrity Act was passed last year, and it will become the oversight regulatory body for safety and you know, out-of-competition testing. And they have the um, U.S. Anti-Doping Agency will be overseeing that same agency that you know did the Lance Armstrong testing. So a long answer to your question is, yeah, it's bad for the sport because he's the face of the sport. You know, he's, he seems to be making all kinds of excuses. And, you know, when questioned about, you know, the records, um, there has to be a paper trail. So, number one, the prescription itself, you know, for this Odamax for, that has the um, that beta methasone in it, um, you know, would include the date, the instructions for use, and the, veterans, the veterinarian's name. Um, the administration of it has to be reported both in Kentucky and California because he was in California before the Derby. And, and shipped in the week before and, and also in Kentucky. So they should have been report. It should have been reported that they were giving this drug to him. Um, and then this prescribing vet 
veterinarian who they haven't given the name of who that is yet um, should have a record of dispensing that medication. So there's, there's, you know, when, when question for the paper trail, you know, where the, where's the records? He just says, yeah, we've given them to Pimlico and we've get, you know, we will give them to the Kentucky horse racing commission, but there's no evidence that he's given them to give them to the Kentucky commission yet. So it's just, it, there's just a lot of, questions right that, that that are out there i'm you know i'm not a pharmacologist or a vet so i you know i don't know you know what what the deal is but there's just so many questions that it just doesn't look good yeah well i'm curious your take on my thought is that it's bad for racing as a television product because this race happened two weeks ago and now it's all in the news that the horse that won the race possibly disqualified used steroids whatever whatever but that's so now when you're watching the Preakness this weekend and, and a horse is going to win that race and we say, well, let's wait and see if these results come back in a couple of weeks. And it's a different situation, but similar to the horse. I'm forgetting the name that got disqualified for running outside of its lane a couple of years ago. Is that what do you think? I think that the horse that wins the race should be the horse that wins the race. And whatever you can do testing wise to get the tainted horses out of the race, go right ahead. But once somebody crosses that finish line, you know, that should be who wins the race. Uh, I agree with you, Jonah, but if you broke the rules to win the race and the rules are pretty set in stone, then, you know, you should be disqualified. And that's really what it, what it comes down to. And I think they're going to set records for television because I think every, it's been in the media so much that I think they're going to have some pretty good, uh, some pretty good viewership because people are going to want to see, you know, how is NBC going to spend this for a couple hours beforehand? And, you know, are they going to have Baffert on so that we can see what he has to say? Uh, he, he's not coming to Baltimore. So, uh, to, to, you know, cause it'd be a distraction. Uh, but, uh, I, I think to get distracted, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I it's an injustice to all these horses who are, they're not going to be focused. But what do you, what do you, what do you think about, you know, Belichick? I mean, there's, a, you know, he, he's in, in his cheating, right. Or his alleged cheating. Is that tarnished his re- reputation? It has, it has, but, but also when the Patriots win that Super Bowl, they get to keep that Super Bowl. Uh, you don't go back and give it to, uh, you know, whoever they played uh, that particular year. I think it was the Rams maybe. Um, but, um, but that's the weird thing about sports. Yeah, I was um, talking more about reputation. Right. Than, than giving back but, the trophy. But let's, let, let me ask Jones. about because mm-hmm. I don't know this about the horse racing uh, industry because it is obviously a betting industry. And one of the reasons why when a game is over in any of the four major sports, even if there was cheating, you know, foot in the crease, you know, we know all kinds of ways in which a rule was broken. Somebody would, you know, in college football, there was the game where somebody got a fifth down, uh, you know, and scored a touchdown on it. You know, there's all kinds of things that you can go back, but those games it's like a rule in those sports. It stands. Once it's over, you can't go back and replay it. What is the horse racing industry's philosophy, especially because it is a betting sport? You go to the window, you cash that winner. Um, Medina Spirit won that race financially for you on that ticket. If you had whatever, you know, the payouts are all set. So I think, it, I guess, this is my long-winded way of saying that in the other sports, they say, well, because of that, we have to keep it that way. But in uh, how, what's, what's the, um, is there an argument ever within the industry about how things like this should be handled? Well, the way, the way it's handled on the betting side is 
just what Jonah said, my horse crossed the line, I got paid. Unless there was a DQ in the race for something that happened within the race that was against the rules, you know, i.e. maximum security two years ago when he came out, um, there's no refunds for the, for the folks that have, including my ticket that's in my bag over here for Mandaloon who came in second. Uh, I'm, I'm, if they disqualify um, Medina Spirit, I'm not getting paid. <laughs> that, that money's been distributed out because it's a paramutual betting. So while I went in the pool, the, the, the track takes its 20% payout and the other 80% is distributed to you know the betters. So it's it, the only thing that's redistributed is the purse. So the owners are gonna, won't get the, the first place money if he's disqualified. Now you mentioned uh, because of the appeals aspect of it, the fact that a second sample hadn't been tested, Bob Baffert has a triple crown on his record. Um, how do we play this out uh, regarding um, Medina Spirit on Saturday? Medina Spirit's the favorite at nine to five. Um, now, of course, before the triple crown can be completed, we're going to have that result from the Kentucky Derby. Um, how does that impact the horse, uh, the owner in terms of, is it a Kentucky Derby winner in the, in the breeding community? Um, how, what kind of money is made or lost with, with this, whether or not you're able to retain this title? Uh, you won the race, people saw it, people are gonna remember Medina Spirit, but what's the, what's the ripple effect? Well, officially, if he's disqualified, he won't be the Kentucky Derby winner. Now, how the, how the breeding farm uh, markets that is a whole different story. You know, cross the wire first is the, you know, terminology, just like they're using with maximum security. And the market will set, you know, what his breeding stud fee is going to be. Um, and the fact that it was due to drugs, potentially, a performance enhancing drug, potentially, that's, that's definitely going to affect the pricing on his stud fee, I, I, I would say. Um, but I, I mean, he won't be, they'll take his name off the wall at Churchill off the paddock because it's right above the, uh, you know, 12th, 10th stall there right now, but it, it's, it'll be removed once, uh, once that happens. Um, so Medina Spirit, nine to five uh, favorite right now, Bob Baffert's uh, other horse in the race uh, concert tour is five to two. So Baffert uh, uh, favored uh, first and second in this race. Um, Again, for if you can help educate me here, that nine to five is not necessarily reflective of the horse being the best or the favorite in terms of its ability uh, in the race. It is because it already won the Kentucky Derby, or I shouldn't say only because, but uh, heavily influenced by the fact that the early money and people are going to be putting a lot of money on this horse because they want it to win the Triple Crown. It's a Baffert horse. It, of course, had a big splash a couple of weeks ago, kind of coming uh, out of not nowhere, but um, wasn't expected to do that well. Uh, is that is that accurate? And then I guess, Gene, who do you think is the best horse uh, in this field? All right. So some education here. So the morning line is set by the track handicapper. And what that what that represents is what he thinks the betting public will will end up at where they will based on the money bet into the race where that's that will set the odds as they leave the gate 
that's what he thinks Medina Spirit will be at, at nine to five. Um, he, he could end up at even money based on, you know, the, the betting public and what, what they actually bet into the race. So he's just projecting the odds of where it's going to be at that time. So it's just used as a tool by handicappers to say, you know, what, you know, what, what is real value on this bet? So, you know, I may look at Medina Spirit and say, boy, he's, you know, he's heads in, in some of its math, right? He's heads and tails above the rest of this field. If I can get two to one on him or five to two on him, I'm going to make that bet because I think there's some value there from where, you know, that they think that the actual uh, betting, you know, betting public thinks where it's going to land or where the track handicapper thinks it's going to land um he's probably the best horse in the race um you know looking at the field the field isn't very good which is interesting because of this whole all this controversy is going to cause these uh, you know the, the viewership and the uh, uh the interest in this race even though it's really not not the best preakness i've seen in, in my 11 years of covering the sport um, not a lot of horses from the Kentucky Derby came over and, and tried to rate, especially the better ones like Mandaloon and Essential Quality and Hot Rod Charlie. They're they're all going to you know either wait for the Travers or, or or try to run in the Belmont in uh, in three weeks on five weeks rest. So uh, having a better shot at winning that than than running right back. A really interesting part of it is that Mandaloon's. Uh, trainer and owner didn't have him run in this race because if Medina spirit is disqualified, that makes him the winner of the Kentucky Derby and his triple crown chances are alive. But Brad Cox decided that he didn't, he didn't want to run him. Now, Mandaloon was one of the long shots. I was really, you know, big on and put him in my pre Saturday long shot column. You know, he, he finished second at 27 to one and, you know, he was just, dominating morning workouts looking tremendous i mean he everybody was saying you know i we nobody knew what happened in that louisiana derby then like you know i even wrote yet if you draw a line through that race he 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 could win this thing um but he's not he's not here and he won't be there in baltimore this weekend um so it's very curious as to you know he was i mean all those good workouts very fit horse he should be able to run back in two weeks um he's probably the best shape he's ever been in um so I don't, you know, he had a pretty decent trip in the Derby. He didn't, you know, take a lot of dirt, or, you know, didn't run into much traffic. So I, I'm just, I, I can't figure out why he's not going to be in Baltimore this weekend, especially with the, there's more than likely shot that he'll have a shot of the Triple Crown, or he would have one because, you know, I mean, he, Baffert basically said he gave the drug to him by, you know, the, them rubbing it into his, uh, his hindquarters for the dermatitis. So. If that's the fact, he's probably going to test positive, right? You'd think. Right. And there really is no leeway. And based on uh, the stories that I've been reading uh, with the Louisville Courier Journal really being at the forefront uh, and trying to get ahead of the story and anticipate if there is any wiggle room when it comes to this positive test, if this second sample comes back positive, uh, it's pretty much guaranteed uh, I don't even want to say pretty much. I mean, there. I guess uh, Bob Baffert's attorney uh, has a different interpretation of how uh, the Kentucky Commission can handle it. But some current and past um, administrators of the Kentucky Commission say it is not even. It's mandatory that it's a disqualification with no wiggle room. So um, interesting how how that could play out. And, and uh, yeah, fascinating aspect to to the race because the Triple Crown's in play one way or the other. Uh, or could be, but 
course, that ends uh, on Saturday with uh, depending on who's in the field. Um, you mentioned something interesting there, Gene, uh, about the field not being that great. Ten horses in this field. So the casual fan watches this. Um, and I get this sometimes when I talk to people who are casual boxing fans. When I talk about this fight really was not that good. But the casual fan looks at it and says, I just see two guys beating the shit out of each other and I enjoyed it. Uh, when people watch the race on Saturday, and as long as, you know, first, second, and third, or, you know, at least, unless it's not a, a runaway, or I should say, unless it is a runaway, what are the things that you look at in terms of the nuance of the field and the competition level of a horse race? Because you don't just see a bunch of horses out there running around a track. What is it that makes a good field for you uh, once the, uh, the gates open? Well, fast horses, you know. Uh, right, but to us, it. aren't they all fast? I mean, it's all relative. So yeah, I guess auto racing is the same at the way. Past performance, if you look at the past performances, you can see which ones have run fast and which ones haven't. And there's a pretty good discrepancy between, you know, the upper edge horses in this race and the lower edge horses. So um, to me, it's, you know, there's there's not a lot of fast horses in this race. That's why Medina Spirit, can, if he gets out and gets gets away clean, he could just, you know, go take them around in a circle. And pretty likely that that could happen um it's interesting that he's got two horses they're different ownerships on the two horses concert tour and um medina um, spirit so he's racing against you know basically against himself but you know he's got to give each horse his jockey directions to win the race regardless of you know the fact that he's got a triple crown potentially on the line so yeah i mean there, there's a uh, Oh, because a lot of the better horses in the three-year-old ranks have skipped this race, you know, that's why I'm, I'm saying the field is not as strong. There's a couple of horses that, you know, I'd like. So in the Preakness over the last eight or 10 years, this has happened in the past. Um, I just think it's a, it's a weaker field than, than we've seen. It's a good chance to try to get a long shot in with, um, you know, with the, the, the better quality horses in the exacta. So I think in the last eight years, a horse over 10 to one has, has been in the exacta. So that's what I go looking for. What, what can I find that's interesting out there? And the one horse that I think I'm going to land on is Rombauer, um, who is a West Coast horse trained by Mike McCarthy, a really up and coming trainer who was, uh, who learned the ropes under Todd Fletcher, um, who's just got uh, put in the Hall of Fame, who'll be uh, inducted in September. Um, so he's a good, good young, he's won the Pegasus world cup, which is a, you know, seven to $10 million race down in Florida. It's the, the kickoff to the older horses. He won that race with city of Lake a couple of years ago. So he's a good young trainer. And, uh, uh, I think he, um, he, he, he's coming of age. He's got Flavian Pratt aboard. Um, who's, I think he won four races on the dirt on Derby day. Um, just, uh, really probably the best West coast rider out there. Um, he's uh, 12 to one. So he's, he's one I'm going to try to, you know, mix in with Medina spirit concert tour, maybe, um, to, to see if they, uh, they make sense. Chad Brown has one that I'm, I'm interested in crowded trade uh, at 10 to one. Uh, we've got Javier Castellano hall of famer on board. Um, his past performances look an awful lot like Chad Brown's previous pre preakness winner cloud computing. They, they look very similar. He's lightly raced. He hasn't raced since April 2nd, same with Rob Brownbauer. That, so they've got, a, you know, they're coming into the race really fresh, going against, you know, four horses that, uh, or three horses that are running the Derby two weeks ago and, you know, maybe maybe spend a little bit. Um, 
And then keep me in mind, I like, you know, maybe coming from behind, you know, third or fourth. He's uh, one of those plotters that'll come come late in the race and kind of, you know, pass tiring horses. Uh, so he's one, a long shot that maybe a show bet would be, you know, to, to come in third might be well worth it because he'll be uh, he'll be north of 10 to one. So that, that's the stuff I look for uh, to see if there's something interesting to, to mix in to make make a little money. Betting the favorite's not going to really make you any money, so. All right, so you mentioned the long shots. Uh, first gate is Ram at 30 to 1. Uh, it's a D. Wayne Lucas horse. D. Wayne is 85 years old and probably the guy before Baffert who was the face. If you were going to do the face of racing, it was D. Wayne Lucas prior to Bob Baffert. What would it mean if D. Wayne Lucas pulled this out? If, if Ram is able to win this at 30 to 1, which is obviously would be a story in and of itself, but it's a D. Wayne Lucas horse. Let's hope, let's say it happens. Ram does not test positive for steroids or get disqualified in any way. That would be about as cool of a story as you could have based on the last couple of weeks in terms of maybe healing the sport or at least providing a a bit of a feel-good spin heading into the summer, wouldn't it? Oh, def- definitely. He's a uh, he's a legend. Obviously, um, he is. He's won fourteen Triple Crown races in his career, so only second to Baffert. Baffert's got the record with seventeen. Um, his last Triple Crown win was with Oxbow, and it was kind of the same type of thing. He was a lot, real long shot, and uh, he just the race set up for him. He got out in front. Nobody went with him, and he went. You know, took him around like a, a merry-go-round and uh, and won the race. Uh, but it would be a, it would be it would be a good thing. Uh, he's very well respected. Um, you know, I, upwards to maybe two or three years ago, he was still getting up up on a horse in the morning. You know, and while, while training and and riding around. Uh, and he's he's always good for a few stories too. I wonder. Yeah, how, I think that'd be a good. <clears throat> I wonder how Medina Spirit will be received uh at at this you know because you mentioned a an underdog horse would be the feel-good story uh i don't know if a horse can exactly be a villain uh, but i'm curious how it's all going to be perceived on the outside you know racing twitter will will love it if he loses uh because you know there's just such an undercurrent of uh, negative baffert uh energy out there right now so and that's why when i tweeted out i was like well you got to keep my you got to put him on your ticket no matter how you feel about him because there's, he's, he's very polarizing. Um, you know, he's very charming when you talk to him um, and he's got great stories and this and that, but there's just this cloud that he's had, you know, he's had 30 drug, drug positives over his career. You know, he's had, you know, a number of them in the last two years with really significant horses and significant races. So um, I think you're right, Matt. I think uh, there's a lot of people rooting against Medina spirit. And again, you know, it's not the horse's fault. You know, he, he, can't, he has no say in what's been put in his body, right? In yeah, that's theory. why it's an injustice. As far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know, right. <laughs> How do you compare the uh, the fan experience at the Preakness to the Derby? Uh, I know everybody kind of has the Derby on the bucket list. Is it dramatically different experience uh, or, you know, less uh, less fun? Or, or is it something people should check out? Uh, well, this year they're, they're, they capped it at 10,000 fans. So, but in, you know, I... I, in the future, it's it's an awesome event. I mean, you've got it, it's interesting. You get in the infield is is a is a total party, 
they they sell the bottomless mugs of beer and it's just they have uh, uh different musical acts you can hear you can hear the bass up in the uh, press box all afternoon as they're playing and so it's a it's really a college party on the infield and it's you know everybody dressing up on the uh within the on the grandstand side of things and it's it's really an old uh, i mean it's it's falling apart but it's got some charm to it you know it's got the old score you know old time scoreboard you know odds boards uh inside and i've tweeted pictures in the past it's just um unfortunately it looks like the press box elevator is down so i'll be getting my exercise this weekend up four flights of stairs uh it's just a it's an old plant it's a you know been around for a long time this is the 146th preakness so do not eat any of the tainted hay while you're there gene just be careful what you put in your body yeah you'll be tested before your next appearance i got a little bit of a bone to pick with gene from our last podcast conversation because i asked about the names and you said it's kind of a sucker bet to pick your your winners based on the names but then i saw a lot of people pick in medina spirit because of the loose you know connection to Medina New York and he goes and wins the race so I'm wondering who, who what name do we like the best in this weekend's lineup because some I think some people pick that way and sometimes they win oh absolutely now Ron Bauer I like you know that's a wine there's a there's a wine a Chardonnay after it uh, from Napa Valley so if you're a wine connoisseur then maybe that's the one to go with all right Tim's a wine connoisseur I was, I'm still hung up on that bottomless uh, mug of beer uh, Gene just referred to. I, I wandered off and thought for a second. Well, I think I, all these years, I think like, uh, yeah, the Kentucky Derby is always this thing I've thought maybe I'd like to go to. And then, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's probably easier and, you know, more practical to go to the Preakness and probably not kind of to your point, Tim, I'm not going to know the difference between, you know, the quality of the horse race, especially if there's a bottom. You'll notice a difference in the quality of the party. <laughs> Probably. I, I would, but the Kentucky Derby also seems like it's sort of a party for certain people. It's a different party for certain people than it is for, for the average Joe. And for the average, from what I've heard, you know, getting there, it can be real crowded and real, if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, and if you don't have, you know, you always see the pictures of Tom Brady and Gronk and, the boys heading down to the Derby, like, yeah, sure. If we had a private jet and, you know, access to what they have access to. Oh, yeah. the Derby, they're, well, but. they're in, they're in luxury suites all day. So, you know, getting served and, and whatnot, but. Um, we don't own I, haberdashery. I, I would say the Preakness is a fun, fun event to go to. And, you know, you can get a ticket where you can, um, you know, get a seat in the grandstand uh, or outside on the rail. And then it, it gives you access to the infield. So you can go over and check out what's going on over there and just walk through there and, you know, grab a beer. And, uh, you know, you can even watch, it, it's kind of cool to watch the races from the inside too. Um, they have this um, turf terrace and I bought a ticket for my wife there a couple of years ago. I forget what, uh, what year it was, but she was in there and they have the, you know, and all that you can eat, all you can eat and drink. And you can walk right up to the rail where the turf racing is going on. And then you can also see the, the Preakness horses being saddled uh, before the race. And it's just a cool experience. And like you said, if you don't, you know, if you're not really into the, you know, how good the horses are, but to see them and the, the majesty and the thunder of the hooves as they're coming by, it's a really cool experience. Might be worth it just to heckle Medina spirit this year. <laughs> uh, just to get up there and give that horse a piece of your mind if you're a purist. 
Uh, Gene, uh, any, any more thoughts on the Preakness that we didn't get to? Or, uh... um, I think the only thing I didn't mention was that they did, Baffert did cut a deal with the Maryland Jockey Club, or his attorneys did, to let Medina Spirit run in the race, but it was subject to pre-race testing. So there's still a chance that uh, you know, if he tests positive before the race that he'll have to scratch. That was part of the agreement that they reached so that um, if, if, Maryland, if, if the jockey club would have came out and said he can't race because of what happened in Kentucky, you know, Baffert's attorneys would have uh, filed a TRO and, you know, to, to make him race. And it would have just been a huge legal hassle. And I don't think Maryland jockey club wanted to do that in the paper. So they just cut a deal with them. But again, it's the, 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 the fact that racing is the wild west, right? That they, these kind of deals can happen before a race. <laughs> it's just, it's just crazy. There's no, you know, centralized, there's no NFL, right? There's no oversight uh, body that, that, that handles everything. And um, at least we're going in the right direction with the, um, with the new act from Congress to, you know, regulate the, um, the drugs and the out of competition testing down the road, but there's still, there's still not an oversight body. So, or a commissioner. With only 10,000 people allowed uh, and Pimlico is going to lose a lot of money on its, inability to sell uh, more bottomless mugs of beer. Um, maybe they just start getting into the ointment business. Um, I'd, I'd be a customer. Uh, if I was going to the, you know, if I'm going to check this out I'll take, uh, I'll get, give me some ointment, whatever. I'm, I'm yeah, there for I'll the party. What he's having. <laughs> you have dermatitis. Is that what you're trying to tell us? I don't need, no, no, no. I, there are a lot of things I don't have that I happen to take medications. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> Make sure you read the label. Oh no, that, that's that's part of the fun. Yeah, you do. Let's uh, let's just see what happens. Adds Performance the enhancing. Sin takes it before every story. Just rubs his hands in oil. <laughs> uh, Gene Kirshner, horse racing writer for the Buffalo News, and the K of CTBK. Thanks for doing this, Gene. Uh, have fun in Balmer, and uh, hopefully you get to chronicle some more history. Thanks, Tim. See you guys. Safe travels. All right. We'll see you. Tim Graham and Friends is brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. CTBK is a leading accounting firm with a growing team of accountants and business consultants with roots in Amherst, New York. CTBK pairs every project with a focus on a human connection between its team and the client for assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, and advice on mergers and acquisitions CTBK is available and ready to solve any issue your business faces. For a consultation or to request a quote, call 716-630-2400. Again, that's 716-630-2400. CTBK, over a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond.